tonight's talk is on caring for and building up our life together. And uh, there are really four practical responsibilities that we all have in community life to help with caring for the community and building it up. And those are uh, pastoral care for one another, which involves not only pastoral care workers, but those everyone in a small group is responsible for pastoral care. Um, faithfully participating in the common life we have together, and then serving in the community, and finally financially supporting the community. Um, so we'll go into these in a little bit more detail, and that'll be kind of the meat of the talk. Uh, we'll get into that here in just a little bit. But first, the, the introdu introduction to this talk kind of reminds us of the script scriptural basis for what we're doing here in community. Hey, you're welcome. Um, and that it's something that God is doing and not just something that we do just for fun. I think we all know that. We've, we've all been in here in community for quite some time. And so we'll spend a ton of time on that, but I think it's also helpful to spend some time on some scripture. Um, also, there were my printer didn't work today. There were a bunch of scriptures on um, the Lord's call, like how we are to love one another. And to, uh, there's just so many in scripture that I'll get that sent out. I think it's just... For me, it was really fruitful and helpful to kind of like sit down with those as I was preparing for this talk. So um, I think that might be helpful for you all as well. So let's dig into the talk here. Um, what would you say is the greatest gift? And this is not a rhetorical question I want an answer. Uh, the greatest gift or blessing of community life? If you had to pick a thing or two, what would you say? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, anything else, sir? I think the fact that they're, uh, you're surrounded by people who you know are striving toward heaven and striving toward yeah. sainthood, and then everybody, like, you have that example, your kids have that example, and you are bolstered on by that. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah, I mean, the, the main point of this talk or a big part of it is that committed personal relationships that we have and, and the fruit that comes out of out of that. Um, to me, it is it's definitely one of the treasures of community life. I know I've learned to be more intentional in relationships thanks to the community. Um, and so that carries over into my relationship with family and friends and coworkers. Um, and, I, and you've all experienced this too, I'm sure. Like the Holy Spirit and, and God just teaches us and gives us this grace for community life that... Um, this is really a blessing too. I think it's probably similar to like, uh, I think everyone's, everyone in here is married. So there's definitely a grace in that too. It's a different way of loving someone than you've been able to in, before in your life. Um, and so I, I know the Lord blesses that. From our mission statement, it speaks of the importance of these relationships. So I was going to read briefly from our mission statement. Uh, we believe that our Lord has called us as members of Heart of the Redeemer Covenant community to join our lives together so that we can enter more deeply into the meaning of our baptismal identity. We believe that he has called us to do this by working together and developing an environment of committed personal relationships in which the life given to us in Christ is taught, supported, honored, and held up as a true meaning and fulfillment of our lives. So that, that just the committed personal relationships allows us to live out that life that, that God has given us, right? Um, and God has created us for relationships. He is relationship himself and the Trinity um, and he wants us to live in intimate relationships. One scripture that uh, I took away from this is the scripture where, where Jesus is praying before he goes to the cross. And it's in John um, 
recorded it and wrote it down. And, and he says, uh, this is in, from John chapter 17. Um, and now I will no longer be in the world, but they are in the world while I'm coming to you. Father, keep them in your name that you have given me so that they may be one just as we are one. Um, and he goes on to, to repeat that a few times in, in different areas of this chapter in John where he says, like, keep them one that we, that, like we are one. Um, they are in the world and they are not of the world and the world will not, will sometimes hate them uh, because they are not of the world. And maybe, but he's not taking us out of the world, but he's wanting for us to be one as he and the Father are one. And we need that relationship with others. We need that encouragement that we will have people we can lean on um, and be with. And then the other thing that he wants, obviously, is to be really, really close to us. And in First Peter, First uh, Peter chapter two, verse four, it says, "As you come to him, the living stone, you also, like living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood." He's building up a place where. So he's building up a place where he can dwell with his people. Uh, he's building up this spiritual house. Also, we hear him talk about uh, he is the vine and we are the branches and we are to abide in him. Hey, John, uh, and dwell with him. So God, he's definitely in this work of building up our community and building is that he has a place where he can dwell. He has a people and a body he can dwell in. Um, the church is a, the ultimate example of this. Jesus established the Catholic Church for this very reason, to build up a body of people, to pass on the faith, to, to allow people to follow after him. Um, and what we are working on in community life is not something separate from the church. It goes right along with the church. Um, it's very much a part of the church's mission. So Pope St. John Paul II wrote an encyclical called the Redemptorist Missio, the mission of the Redeemer. And here's a couple of uh, quotes from that. He said, the church then serves the kingdom by establishing communities. And then he also said, the spirit leads the company of believers to form a community to be the church. Even before activity, mission means witness in a way of life that shines out to others. And um, our life does shine out to others. I know in a practical in, in, a real experience from our life is when Grant was born, my mother stayed with us for quite a while, my mother-in-law, and while they were with us, people kept coming over with meals, you know, from community, and, and they just said, like, they both were just like, it's really awesome, like, this is, it's really cool that people, like, love you and, like, care for you in this way, um, so it does shine out to others. <clears throat> God asks us uh, to bring our gifts, talents, and treasures to the service of one another, um, and so in First Peter, another quote, chapter 4, says, As generous distributors of God's manifold grace, place your gifts at the service of one another. So that will kind of bring us into these four <coughs> responsibilities. Um, before we get there, so let's summarize. Our relationships are, are a beautiful part of God's plan. They're designed to, to protect us and keep us in the Father's fold and also to build a place where God can dwell in us. Okay, so those four areas of responsibility. Why do we stress them or even mention them? Um, well, here's the logic. The, so the body has many different parts, and in order for it to grow in love, uh, the members need to be rightly connected to one another, to be rightly connected to one another, to have the, the right kind of contact with one another. The goal is for the whole body to be built up in love, to come to maturity, and an important ingredient of being built up in love is to have a way for everyone to take their part in this common task, calling 
or calling of building up the body. Okay. So let's get into to number one, uh, pastoral groups or pastoral care. So um, I'm going to call them small groups because that's what I, I mean, a lot of us probably say small groups. So uh, I probably won't say pastoral groups from here on out. But uh, to give everyone a place to belong, if, if it wasn't for the structure and the intentionality of a small group, there probably are people who would kind of just get left behind or maybe not find a place where they really can plug in. Um, everyone's a little bit obviously different in our, our nature and in our personality types that some of us would really like find a, a big group of people and be really like feel plugged in and some of us would just kind of get left behind. Um, so the small groups give everyone a place to be known, uh, everyone a place to, to be loved and to be cared for. Um, so that is important. Um, so yeah, like I said, small groups are very intentional in, neighbor, in nature. <laughs> no one is left out uh, because of the structure they're able to plug into. So a few things in our small group to keep in mind um, is just really to want to be available to one another. It's the responsibility of the entire group to care for one another. It's not just the, the leader of the small group. The leader will tend to lead in that. They, they might be the one to make sure that phone calls are being made and, and texts and stuff too. But that's, as we put on this life, and, and I think as you go from an underway stage to covenant, it's really becoming your community. Uh, this body of people is your, are the people you've, you're covenanted to. Um, and so when we start to look at our, our small group and through that light, it's what can I do for these people? How can I care for them? Um, make that phone call, check in with that text, invite them over for dinner, grab a cup of coffee, be really intentional in building those relationships. Because um, our small groups definitely build us up. Uh, I know that's, like we mentioned, that's one of the biggest blessings of community are the relationships that we have. Praying for one another. Um, intercession is just powerful. Uh, it works. And the other cool thing about it, like when you spend time praying for people, how your heart changes for them. Um, I've noticed that. Like even, you know, you're told to pray for your enemies and because uh, that changes your heart towards them, you know. So how much more how much more important it is to pray for those that we are trying to care for and to be brothers and sisters for, that we would spend time intentionally praying for them. Um, so set aside time throughout the week to pray for them. Um, but also then let them know that they're being prayed for. I think that's a, it's a really great encouragement, even if everything's going really well in life, just to know someone's got your back and they're, they're praying for you that day. Um, just kind of, it's just nice to know, uh, nice to know someone thought of you and they, you know, they, they care enough to pray for you. Then obviously those who are going through difficult times, I mean, they need to hear that and be supported. Um, they can't hear it too much. I've never had anyone say they've heard it too much. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, the in the talk, the, the original writer of it mentioned just to to do the small stuff. I it's easy sometimes maybe to think like I'm going to do these big grand things, um, but but the small stuff is is a small th deed done is more is greater than the greatest deed like intended but never done. You know, it's like it's and that that applies to to married life for sure. Uh, I would say, you know, any relationship is like, where am I looking for small ways to, to help out and to care for someone? Um, and so in caring for each other, like small groups are definitely that first line of help. Um, I don't know what's going on in your individual small groups and people's lives, but you do because you're there and you're talking to them. And so like they're the first ones to hear when there's a bad diagnosis. You're the first ones to hear good news of, of a pregnancy or whatever it might be like. So we, 
we have a certain gift by being in a small group. We have a certain um, ability that the rest of the body does not have for the individuals in your group. Um, and so you're, you're better equipped than anybody to, to care for them. Um, and so to, I think to keep that in mind that like you can go such a deeper level and care than, than the body can. Um, but the body will step up and it's been cool to see that throughout the years too when, when there is a need uh, for a family uh, or an individual the way that the body steps up but it, it definitely starts with that that small group so okay responsibility number two that we faithfully are participating in the life of the community so there are a lot of uh, things we do getting together there are uh, our large group gatherings there are retreats <laughs> there are conferences and the different things that we do um, these are a great opportunity, obviously, to grow in fellowship with one another. Again, because I don't, I don't have time to, uh, I don't see Eric Wommel that often or Dominic that often to where, but, but at a community gathering is an opportunity to have a conversation with them that I um, wouldn't maybe be able to have otherwise. So these are important times. And I, I, think, I think the big thing when you're thinking of going to events um, in community life that really helps to build up the community is to come and put on your A game. Uh, you know, I have days where I'm not feeling the music or I'm just, it was a struggle to get out of the house or whatever it might be. I'm just not feeling it. And uh, really, if you take time to, to try to put on your A game and, and come prepared, it's like, it's like, I guess, analogy would be like coming home from a day at work, uh, if, if, no matter how what the day is like, my family deserves my best, right? And so it's kind of that kind of perspective of my community, my brothers and sisters deserve my best, and the Lord deserves my best too. Another blessing of us coming together, obviously, is our prayer. It is a very practical, real way that the Lord is able to dwell um, in our bodies that we come and we seek Him together. Um, the other way we participate is uh, through small groups. We, we've covered a lot about this. Um, so I'm not going to say much more other than I do have a note of give to your group. Don't just be there to receive uh, and make it a top priority to attend each meeting. Um, judging by you all being here, I'm assuming you attend your small groups well. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> uh, but that's important. <clears throat> um, the, the community practices. So we, we obviously have a lot of practices in our community life that we do. Uh, you know, you think about the bundle, things like daily personal prayer, family prayer, husband-wife meetings, celebrating the Lord's Day, etc. Um, there's something really cool about thinking that this is happening in the other homes, uh, like on a Saturday night when we're doing Lord's Day prayers. This is happening. Like we're doing this together. I think of like a religious community. <clears throat> they kind of have their identity in the work that they do and the things that they do that set them apart, the way they they live out their life. And the same is true with our community. Um, and so like that knits us together too when we, we all are living out those same things and not just going to small groups and community things but also like when, when it's just our family we're still living the community life um, <clears throat> that's important awesome okay <clears throat> responsibility, of, responsibility of serving in the community so our primary Primary care is serving for our brothers and sisters. So um, the number one thing 
that we really do in our life of service is again going back to that care of one another um how are we taking care of each other um because one thing i was thinking about is there's there's going to be seasons where like i feel really equipped to care for people things are going pretty well you know there's gonna be seasons where i don't feel equipped and i'm the one who needs cared for and it's really cool like that we because we have a body there's like this beautiful balancing act that the lord can do you know he's got people who are ready and equipped and feel built up to care and then sometimes you know when we go through difficult things those people have people they can lean on that are going to be there for them and, and be uh, strengthened in those times um so we all have our crosses to carry and at different times we're going to have brothers and sisters that are gonna come along as our simons and help us carry that cross um so in a word about service, I was just thinking about, like, as a husband and a father, I, I have to put my family before myself. <clears throat> um, I need to lead, lead a life of service just like the Lord did. And he has to lay down my life for my family. Uh, and our community should become like a family. There's definitely a familiar, like, relationship of uh, brothers and sisters in the Lord. Um, and when we desire to serve one another in, in a mutual self-giving that, like, I – I'm going to care for my brothers and sisters, knowing that they're going to also care for me. Um, we're all better for that, right? It definitely helps us to to live a better life. Um, there are some special areas of service. These are going to be our more practical things, like pastoral workers, child care, youth care, leadership, music. You know, there's so many different ministries and things that we <clears throat> are a part of. Um, and we, we can't do community life without these things like our structure of community life and people volunteering and putting forth their effort um our community doesn't exist until someone serves right like community doesn't exist without service and so um what do we just looking at like what can what can we do well we can't do everything but what can we do how can we help and where can our strengths and talents be used um we all bring many different gifts and talents into the community um, and when we offer them as a sacrifice for service, then, then we're all better for it. Then we all um, are going to be in a better place. <clears throat> so finally, the last responsibility we have is supporting the community financially and materially. I was thinking of kind of jokingly, like, I'm not sure what materially means. If you have furniture to donate or something, I don't know, <laughs> or sound equipment. But no, but financially, uh, <clears throat> so financially, the thing about it is um, – I think there's definitely a temptation to look at money as a very practical thing that we do, but it's really so much more than that. Um, money is very spiritual, actually, um, in nature. Scripture actually talks more about money than prayer, um, which is interesting. <laughs> so there's a very uh, script, or, uh, spiritual nature to money and how it affects us. Um, and so when we talk about being generous and giving, uh, we have to remember that, like that temptation to to maybe turn in on ourselves and to to not want to be generous, um, while it's all the Lord's, anyways. Um, I guess an uh, an understanding of my life, just kind of growing in, in the walk of, of faith, is like God has blessed me with talents. Like I'm I'm an able-bodied, able-mind person. Like I didn't deserve that. I didn't choose that. Like it's it's a great blessing and like everything that i have from god is a blessing so that grace that he's given me to have talents to be able to provide for my family like that means it's all his right like he 
he gave me everything. I wouldn't have the ability to work without his goodness. Um, so it's all his. And so the the point I guess I'm trying to make is like, are we letting the Lord control that area of our life? You know, is are we really giving it to Him? <clears throat> and I definitely had some convictions as I was writing this um, and practicing it. You know, I was like, I was even thinking like, we've got luxuries in our life. Well, there's a lot of people that lack the basics. You know, so and I, well, I need to do something about that. I need to, to to take that to prayer. But the ideal when we're talking about finances and community and community is that. We all have a tithe. We all, you know, tithe our income, give that back to the Lord. The ideal to, to live up to, to, to strive for, would be to give 50% of your tithe to the community. Then that then allows the community to do the practical things that we need to do. Um, and that's, there's going to be more like financial presentations. I don't know how many of you guys have been through is underway. I can't, just can't remember off the top of my head what you've all been through and seen, but there's, I think we maybe maybe have a general understanding of where where money goes in community, um, but like the generosity of the community allows the community to do more things. Uh, we wouldn't have a children's ministry without people giving. We wouldn't have a well. We would have a place to meet, but we wouldn't be able to help St. John's pay for utilities, and and eventually we you know we might be in a new place. And so having some funds for that is is helpful too, and having sound equipment and. And the ability to do training, hospitality, all these great things that we do um, for the community. Um, I want to share just a, speaking of money and, and the spiritual nature of it, a, a story from, from our life. Uh, God did something pretty cool. And so I thought it'd be kind of fun to share, like just to glorify God and his, his goodness. Um, so we, I'd gone through um, like a, a day long retreat on like, living generously and it was really cool it was really very scriptural and, and really encouraging um it kind of helped turn my mind on money a little bit um so not not too long after that i was having to buy tires for one of our cars and so i'm in there buying our tires get that taken care of and a gentleman comes in and he's got an older subaru with all-wheel drive and if you know about cars you can't change just one or two tires on an all-wheel drive vehicle it, can mess up the drivetrain and cause problems. And so I felt like calling from the Lord, like buy his tires, buy the other sex. He was just going to buy two. That's an important part of the story. He was just going to buy two. And, and I just hear the sense, like I've had, I've experienced senses from the Lord. So I knew it was from the Lord. Like, you know, like I, I just can't deny like there's something here. So I kind of chicken out. Cause I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like, how do I, <laughs> how do I do this? Do I like walk up there? What do I do? So I end up leaving and, I call Molly and I'm like, so I feel like I'm supposed to do this. She goes, I don't know. Like, that's kind of crazy. Like, you can if you want to. Like, she's like, I trust you if you think that's what you're supposed to do. So I get back to my office and I'm like, well, I can just call Discount Tire and, and tell them. So I, I call and the guy answers his phone. I'm like, hey, like, I want to, there's a guy there and I, I want to buy his tires. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, like, I just want to do this. And he's like, okay, like, that's amazing. He's like, so he was just really blessed by it. But then he was like, so what do you, what, do you, what should I say to him if I talk to him? I'm like, well, just tell him that, that God loves him. He goes, he's like, wow. He's like, that really means a lot to me. So he, he thanked me, and, and that was, was pretty cool. Well, what God did later is way cooler. So so I listened to that. Like, I had, like, three chances to buy the tires, and I finally did in the last chance, you know. Like, I thank God I did. Well, so he, we, at the same time, had 
Grant was getting some treatment and some like therapy for eating. He was he's like well under two, and he would chew on food for a while and then just spit it out. And we just could not figure this out. So we were racking up some bills at our um, Christian health sharing ministry. We don't have regular health insurance; they wouldn't cover. And so we had a decent sized bill at a couple, like a few thousand dollars at Children's Mercy, and um, we were like, "Well, we're just we're just paying for it over time. You know, it's no big deal. It's interest free. We'll just keep paying for it." And uh, about a month later, I go in to make a payment, and it's gone. There's no bill, and I'm like, "What's the deal here?" Like, there's an error or something. So I call, and they're like, "Oh no! Like, um, there's just like a committee that looks at bills from time to time, and they just they just pay them off or write them off." And I'm just like, so like, God literally like did ten times what we what I had done in my generosity, and so um, I just share that as a. I mean, I'm sure you all have your own stories of generosity, but God God blesses our generosity. Whether it be our time, talent, or treasure, whatever we're doing, God blesses it. Um, so, so really in closing, there's a lot of practical things that need to be done in community uh, to make it happen. The structure and the intentionality of community really is what makes it work. Um, but with that being said, we do need people striving for holiness. We need people striving to love one another. Because um, if we don't have that either, we're kind of just a rigid body of <laughs> people getting together. So... Um, and yeah, so really, I think that's that's it. Um, I, Molly's going to share just a quick uh, testimony of her experience in some of these areas, and then um, I would just open it for any questions or anything else. So go ahead. Yeah. Um, I was just going to kind of talk about the care that I've received and um, ways that we've been able to care for others throughout our time in community. Um, and so I just like jotted down some different things that we've done or that people have done for us um, because I think I think at first thought like it's the meal thing that people think of of having families over for meals or taking <coughs> meals to people who are sick or expecting or have had a surgery or whatever and those are all awesome things but I also think we have to think outside the box too um, and so some fun things that we've done we've been trying to do more of are inviting people into things that we're already doing. So we invited a couple from our small group over this year to carve pumpkins with us. We knew we were gonna carve pumpkins that night. We asked them in advance and we carved pumpkins and had pizza and watched Charlie Brown. Um, we've gone to the blueberry patch with people from our small group. We've gone to the apple orchard, to the zoo with the Shane Hairs ones um, who are in our small group that we just like sent out and with the apple thing. We just sent out to like all the young married couples or like all the covenant members like this is going on. We invited people over one time whenever we got a wine basket from the Adams to work thing. Like, hey, we have this random basket of wine and like snacks that showed up. Who wants to come over? Um, so I think it's just fun to do stuff like that that aren't necessarily centered around meals, which I think the meal things are awesome, but I also think some people get overwhelmed by inviting a whole family over for dinner. Um, I also think that... Um, phone calls and texting, pe texting people or phone calls, especially phone calls, um, can be a way to show that you care by just touching base with somebody you haven't heard from in a while or checking on them when you know that they've been through something rough or congratulating them or whatever it is. Uh, what are just other things? Oh, something that somebody did for me that was really special was that um, there was a sister who set up to have people come and pray with us. 
And so she like asked me like, are these people like, are you comfortable with them coming? And I was like, yeah, sure. So she like set it all up and like came and like had a like prayer meeting at our house. Um, and it was just really special. So, I mean, it can be like anything and just, I don't know, just the way that people can just show they care and like realizing what other people, ways that other people feel cared, cared for too. Um, other like random things that we've done. Oh, we had the McKay kids come over and bake cookies because I love to bake. And so like we, they came over and we baked cookies for Christmas this year. And um, I don't know, seeing it, seeing community life through Grant's eyes has been really special too, that he's like, who's going to come over for dinner next? What are we going to do with community next? And he's like calling it his community, like our community. He says that now instead of just like, are you guys going to small group or what meeting do you have? Like just how it's a, it's their small group too. And like they get, I don't know, they get involved with it. So I don't know. Yeah. I can think of anything else to say about that. That's great. Thank you for that. How much time we have, but if there's any comments, questions, whatever, I'm open to it. I just wanted to comment that I did like what you said about bringing your A game to the community with us, yeah. and then tying that back into like coming home from work. Because yeah. that's something I think hopefully Elizabeth would agree that I've grown in over the past couple of years. But yeah, it definitely fell into that rut of like yeah. drag myself home from work and just. Mm-hmm. Be there with the family until the kids finally go to bed, and then yeah. <laughs> be there sure. until I go to bed. Right. Really having that intentional mentality of, yeah. Like, hey, maybe maybe this is not the best time for me, but this is the time that I have, and so I'm gonna show up and make the most of it. Yeah. And then I guess what I found both both at community events and then in the family is that usually once you you know make that decision to do it, yeah. then the Lord provides the strength that you need to yeah to do it. For sure. Uh, yeah, I agree. Okay. <laughs> Love <it> noise. <clears throat> um, got a couple more minutes. I don't, yeah, anything else? I was going to say, if we had time, like, if you guys had questions about the making the underway decision or anything's coming up in discernment, we might be able to speak to it. Mm-hmm. We got time for that. <laughs> or grab us later or whatever. I didn't share, but in my original outline or, you know, as you get up here sometimes, you kind of skip stuff that you think, ah, maybe not, but. I just think, I hope that, I hope it's been a blessing, I think, in this underway formation time period for you, uh, really, like, thinking through, like, putting on this life, and is this what we're called to, um, and I think, I know in, in our in our life, like, sometimes there's uncertainty or questions, and there's um, just that kind of un- not knowing, like, what's the Lord going to ask us to do is, is kind of a, I don't, not really unnerving, but it's just like, I don't really know what to think at this time, but it, but God has like a really awesome way of like bringing clarity out of those times. Like, uh, and, and I've experienced that time and time again of, of different things. And so I just, I hope that it's, it's been a blessing to you guys. I hope it's been a blessing to your family and the discernment process and, uh, and wherever you're at in it, I, I know the Lord will have clarity 
edit. So. Just a random question. Yeah. It's, it's mostly off topic. Um, <laughs> hopefully, it hasn't been covered before, but this is more personal. How. Did your extended family, and then you too, Brad, maybe, but how did your extended family like, take this idea of, of covenanting yourself to this weird cult thing? And, That's great. That's great. You know, how did you communicate you know, your decision with them? That kind of, you know, I don't sure. Broad, open question there. It's a great question. I don't know that we've actually had that conversation that we have made a lifetime commitment. Um, <laughs> They never. They don't ask a lot about it. I mean, they know we're part of a community. They know we have different events. They know, you know, the gist of it. Uh, but they've never asked that. Um, but I think if my family did ask, like, you know, well, you made a lifetime commitment to it. They'd be like, yeah, I, we are just committed to what this community is about, and we're we're saying to the other people in the community, like, hey. I'm not going anywhere because I believe in this and I believe in what we're trying to accomplish and I believe in the walk of like discipleship, you know, like, and so, um, yeah, I think that'd be kind of my answer. And and then I think for families to know too, people have, people have had to move, you know, like from Florida, people have moved to start other communities. People have moved down from Minnesota <laughs> to here to, to do things. Um, you know, I think, I think you're not really, maybe, you know, hopefully I'm not speaking out incorrectly here, but I think like if, if a family member is concerned, they're like, what if we needed you to come live with us or take care of us? Like, I think that's absolutely okay within the covenant commitment, you know? So I, I throw it out there in case that is a concern to family, but because um, it's still covenanted and my goal would be to come back to the body. Um, so is that all right? That makes sense. <laughs> I, thought, I was like, that does. We've been thinking about it too because uh, our babysitters are all our parents. Mm -hmm. we're oh, sure. And so, for a covenant commitment for us, while we have young children, is a covenant commitment for them. Yeah. For all of our events that we use for their sports. So, we've yeah. been talking about the same thing like, are we going to do this whole presentation of like, this is community life, and mm -hmm. now let's show you how crazy we really are? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, some of our families aren't even Catholic. So, the sure. idea that we're doing this radical lifestyle, you know, could be. A big conversation, so we're definitely thinking about that too, Josh. Yeah, you know, I, I would say that certainly on one hand it can be a point of tension and could be a challenge when you have family that you know maybe they they want more of you or they feel like this is somehow taking time away from them. Um, so, okay, there's that is that is that's a reality. Um, on the other hand, uh, we all give our lives to something, whether we believe that or not. So yeah. why not something that's really in the Lord and good, as opposed to uh, our work, you know, or sporting activities, which yeah. are fine. But uh, my experience being, you can really give your life to those things, just like you can give your life to a community. Um, but there's challenge and can be some tension, but there's really opportunities too to, to invite uh, to some degree at, at different levels the blessing of the life that we share with our family 
So inviting, uh, you know, parents to our retreats, siblings to our retreats, um, knowing that when people in our lives and our immediate families are in ill health, that we can actually ask brothers and sisters in the community to pray for them, right. and that we know that they're going to pray for them, yeah, yeah. and that we can, that can be a real witness. You know, I, I'm involved with this group of people, and they love me so much. That's, that's a nice word over there. <laughs> <laughs> they love me so much that they're going to pray for you, too, right. out of love for me. Um, so there, there's, there can be opportunities, real opportunities to witness who Jesus is, uh, whether it's, you know, practically having them come to something or, uh, just the way that the blessing that we receive from our life, that blessing is, it's not confined to us Mm -hmm. and we can allow that blessing to overflow, uh, even to our family. So... I mean, those are, they're good, they're really good questions. Uh, there's certainly the practical realities of it uh, in our time as we, we have our time, and it is what it is, but uh, thinking from a spiritual blessing standpoint too, that there's a real opportunity to share that blessing with the, with the immediate family. Yeah. So. Okay.